Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa Tai here, your host, and greetings to you this Thursday afternoon. I wanted to share something going on in my life before we get to my guest. I'm delighted to have him back on for a second time. In a few minutes, we're going to be with Patrick Kilpatrick. He is running for governor of California, and he's an actor, a writer, a director, done everything you can in TV and film, and I'm just delighted to have him back on with us to give you a preview. I wanted to share with you what I've been writing about on my social media that's very personal for me, and if you're not following me or friends on social media, please join in at nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy, and this past weekend, I did a huge hike. If you know Yosemite National Park, Half Dome is that beautiful granite rock that looks like a dome with a sheer face. And I climbed it with a friend. It took a solid 11 hours and 15 minutes of nonstop hiking. And to give you a sense of the experience, it is 5,000 vertical feet that you go and then up and 5,000 vertical feet that you go down. And I was telling Sam, the owner of LA Talk Radio, there was one flat section, and, and it was a joke. I was like, universe, are you kidding me? It was about two miles in thick sand that was flat. It, it was almost easier to do either the steep granite stairs up or slick trail going down, but it was relentless. And I felt some real metaphors for life coming forward. It's really about your mind and what you're telling yourself because it was hot. I had about 20 pounds of water on my back and water bottles, food. You know, you bring everything in, you take it out. There's not like, you know, rangers and rest stops and such. It's like, you're in it. You're in the wilderness. This is, you know, you have to get down before sunset. There's no lights. And um, 
the last three miles, my knee, my left knee started to really wince and pain like every step. And there were three miles to go. And to give you a sense, it was so steep. A mile takes from an hour to an hour and a half. And I had three more of those to go. And my mind started to slip. And I knew I had to regain my mindset or it would be a really brutal you know, several hours if I focused on this pain and I was really struggling. I'm like, fuck, you know, this is intense. And I asked for help. And all of a sudden I started to focus on the fact that I get to do this. And it was a paradigm shift to realize I get to do this. I get to hike this excruciating hike and achieve it. And there's some people who cannot, and I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this for everyone that's wanted to and can't be there. And it really shifted my mindset, though the pain was there, it started to diminish. And then I had the clarity to remember an article I had read years before about an extreme endurance athlete that when he injured his knee going down a mountain, he walked backwards And it relieves the pressure from the front plane of your body to the back plane, your glutes and your hamstrings. And I did that for the last mile. I walked down backwards and, you know, a couple of hikers went by and they're like, oh, I've had to do that too sometimes. So just to share that whatever you're going through that could be painful or challenging in the moment, if you really look to see it look to see it differently, experience it differently, there will be that awareness. And I'm so proud to have completed my second Half Dome hike and just wanted to share that with you. There are some pictures at NOLA Therapy. And if you want to work with me as a therapist, email lisa at nolatherapy.com. Go to my website, NOLA Therapy. There are links to book sessions. And I would love to work with you on overcoming your challenges. And that's a really great segue into my guest, Patrick Kilpatrick. Again, I interviewed him a couple of years ago. He's an author. He's the president and CEO of Uncommon Dialogue Films. He's written for magazines such as Time, Life, people to just name a few. He had to overcome his own adversity. When at 17, he was in a car accident that broke his back. And as he became an actor and a stuntman in particular, and he wanted to do his own stunts. And people said, doctors said, you're never going to be able to do this. He had to really understand what it is to overcome adversity and change that inner dialogue. And currently he is running for the governor of California. The election is right around the corner, September 14th. And Patrick, I just really welcome you back. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm just uh, kind of spun out from the press conference we just had downstairs and meeting so many people. So, it's How is big... this experience for you? You know, I can't tell you how enriching it's been. Uh, going all over the state and listening and uh, communing with every kind of person you can imagine. It's, um, it's, I haven't had an experience like this since I was doing um, a lot of um, films, independent films all around California, because really one of the pillars of our campaign has been to bring production back to California because of some short-sightedness, lack of competitiveness by the government. Uh, A lot of film production has fled California. So the films that primarily get made here are lower-budget independent ones that are sort of under the radar. 
Um, so in those cases, you end up in really bizarre locations, mm. really um, all places that you perhaps never would visit if you didn't go on that journey. Yeah. And that's what going on the governorship has been. It's been everything from Ugandan American uh, music festivals to huge um, birthday parties for beautiful 90 year old matriarchs, the chamber of commerce of fountain Valley, California, um, all kinds of events like that, that really gives you a window into the lives of people that you wouldn't come into contact necessarily um, without that journey. So for me, it's been extraordinary. And, also to participate in the arena of ideas, mm-hmm. um, which is chiefly why I did it, because I'm really concerned about a lot of things that are going on here. And for the world, for my children and all of our children. Um, so I'm very pleased that right from the get-go, we've had a positive effect on the state. And I'm not just saying that because I'm not a politician. What I think is really missing here is a lot of vision. Mm-hmm. and executing executing those visions, which is what we do in the movie business. And so on July 16th, we called for a 25% cash rebate to the film uh, and television business and vetted photographic and music uh, um, projects. And five days later, Gavin Newsom instituted 300 $30 million to the film incentive program. Okay. We, so immediately he was reading our candidate statements yeah. and responding. So it's been an amazing, uh, our effect on them. I call my candidacy and the team I have call I call it the vision division of the Newsom regime because <laughs> We, we called for preferential water rates for organic farmers and people involved in humane animal food production. Five days later, he, call, uh, he launched, whether he executes it or not, a um, humane hog food production mm. uh, program. So you asked, I mean, it's been a powerful experience. And we continue to do everything we can to make the state a better place and more prosperous and peaceful for people. And um, it certainly made me very much aware of the greater diversity of the state. Yeah. I know you've resided in California since 1987. Mm-hmm. You have two grown sons. And I listened to you yesterday on a debate that was happening on uh, GCD, the GCD network, and you talked yeah. about some things like governor transparency, and as you mentioned just now, the 25% cash rebate to the film industry to bring them back to California. What what made you want to run? I'm hearing a lot of personal connection to really wanting to better your state. To make that decision, is it's a really big commitment, and it's like a fam- your family grows from your household and your production company to a whole state. What compels you personally? Well, look, first of all, this campaign attracted me because it was a very concentrated uh, period of time. 
it was almost like a film production mm. uh, scale rather than a two-year um, sort of set everything aside uh, that you would have to do to run for a different situation. So um, what you find out when you get into it, though, is it's a movement, which is to keep government accountable to its citizens. And so you begin to think beyond that five, six, eight weeks into the next thing that this movement, and I think it's a movement that's being observed all over the country, um, uh, are people, is government of the people, by the people, for the people, going to be able to keep government accountable? Uh, Newsom characterizes this race as Trumpites and anti-vaxxers and insurrectionists. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm a, a registered Democrat. Um, there are people of all walks of life run, running against him and for the recall. It's just been an appalling, well, I, I say this, I've said it before. Look, I've been an actor, a playwright, um, an assistant director and director on Broadway and off Broadway right. and the West End of London, 200 hit film, uh, TV shows and action films with Spielberg and all of that, and a screenwriter since 87, uh, a film company executive, as well as an actor continuing and all of that. If I ran any of my careers the way government is serving people here in California, and I think to some extent across the nation, then I wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't have a job if you did your career um, the way government is being done. It's just being done with self-serving of a very, very few group of people and institutions. It's being done corruptly. It's being done with complete lack of vision, with complete execution. It's not done in a way that promises something and then delivers. Um, the curriculum I run for young people is called Deliver the Goods. Okay. And it's, it, it's a, a cross-discipline program that involves writing, directing, producing, and acting, and teaching. And you have to know all of those things. So Californians can walk and chew gum at the same time. Our government isn't doing it. We've got a lot of challenges. Indeed, we've got a challenges as a human species globally. Um, the amount of free speech uh, areas in the, in the world is diminishing every year. Um, we have a situation like Afghanistan that just occurred, that uh, a group that subjugates gays, subjugates women and young girls, um, has taken over. We have China, which is not being held accountable for Tibet and for their encroachment on Taiwan. They have a point of view, and I know it because we got hired to write and produce a big Asian-themed thriller, and we do our research. Um, but they don't have the right to take free freedom away from 31 million people in Hong Kong and Taiwan. And our economic interests, um, including Hollywood, including many of our corporations, function without accountability to the fact 
that Tibet has been has been genocided, that free people are being threatened by an authoritarian regime, um, which has spread money all over our culture. Uh, I like in America somewhat to like Colombia at this juncture, where Chinese cocaine money has been spread all over our educational institutions and Hollywood and things like that. The good news is there's a new realization from filmmakers here in Hollywood that the Chinese don't operate um, ethically, that you can't really make money with China, and that they control the content, which is nothing new. The truth is, unless you're coming from strength with totalitarian governments or totalitarian institutions within our own nation and our own state, then you have to come from strength. Now, where does that strength come from? It comes from the people. It comes from people from all walks of life. And we all need to work together. Uh, You asked the reason why I ran for the the governorship. Mm -hmm. Well, I had an epiphany at the beginning of COVID. And it was that really what the nation needed was not debate. And I love debate (laughs) discussion. But what it needed was a force that elevated all of us, that had empathy for all of us. I have an empathy for the Chinese point of view about Taiwan. I don't agree with them. I can commune with them in discourse. I can't commune with you in discourse when you're genociding a people. Um, So we have to reconcile these opposing points of view. Uh, In California, we have a synergistic ball of challenges. And nobody, no one is providing solutions to those challenges. And they're right there in front of our face. If we listen to each other and if we apply what I call solution methodology to those issues. I mean, if people go to killpatrickforgovernor.com, there's a lot to unpack. And I don't want to dominate the conversation. What's an important issue to you? Yeah, that's what I had. That's what I went to share with you, Patrick. So for me, I come from New Orleans, and I remember that your dad's parents are from Louisiana. From My father's from there. My your mother father's. was from Virginia. Okay, yeah. yeah, I knew there was a Louisiana connection with, sure. with your dad, and so I still live in New Orleans, and I've been in LA part time for seven years, and the homelessness issue has been just shocking to me. And so I volunteer at the Fred Jordan Mission on Skid Row every Thanksgiving, and I've been trying to seek solution. You know, what would end homelessness? What would start to end homelessness? And so I wanted to kind of bounce this off you. I see the solution really generating from the children of of homeless parents and to really start early intervening with are these kids best to continue in school, formal school, or may it, it trade school to make sure that they get the skills to up level out of living on the streets. And I'm curious about your approach to working with homeless children and families and how you will address this as governor. Well, my first instinct would be like a good director of a film or a producer of a film, 
would be to not superimpose my will on you, the actor or the person bringing whatever you are to the table. So let me ask you, what has your experience given you? And then I'll offer whatever insights mine uh, have. So I'd like to know what your experience has led you to believe about the homelessness. Me personally? Yes. Well, for me, Patrick, it was really seeing these homeless children that are going to school, but I, I definitely saw this is a repetitive, a cyclical issue. And I'm not, I'm a social worker. Like if these children are given adequate schooling, <clears throat> books, education, and for those that that's not their strength, you know, school really isn't for them for them to be put into like trade schools to learn a trade. So they don't continue to live on the streets and perpetuate this issue, you know, to avoid addiction, drug addiction and mental illness that so many of the homeless population are experiencing. And then for those that are older and can work and just aren't to really get them connected to some kind of, you know, progressive homes situation. And to me, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how how you intend to approach this. If any of what I'm saying resonates with you, with working with the kids, especially. Of course it does. And I've also mentioned that the reason that I'm in the campaign is partially because of the world that I want to provide for my two sons. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right and very insightful that education for those children is really vital and uh, a stable home situation and food and uh, employment when they reach an age that they can uh, do that. What I've seen is the homelessness seems to be comprised of several populations. And you have a drug addicted population. You have a mentally challenged. There's a lot of overlap in these. Yeah. You have um, a mentally challenged component. You have a veteran component, and there's PTSD and uh, drug substance abuse elements in that as well. There's a sex trafficking component. There's a drug trafficking component. There's an able-bodied component of a population that has legitimately fallen on hard times. There's an able-bodied population that doesn't want to work and wishes to work, and they almost view it as a sort of symbol of freedom to live on the dole. Right, yeah. That's being sustained somewhat by a lot of money uh, by the current administrations and organization throwing money at it. So what I propose, since I come from the situation that this situation is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. It has to end. Some people say, I'm going to end this in five years and we can do this and take a hundred people here and a hundred people there. What I say is in Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. That by using derelict spaces, unused land, uh, the National Guard, if need be, can build a city almost in a weekend, complete with showers. And they've done it for military exercises and things. So in the context of compassionate enforcement, you're immediately housing people there with the involvement of, if need be, the local police, because these are jurisdictions that are involved. So social services is providing drug rehab for those people who need that. Social services is providing mental health for those who are educated by a process of system of judges to deal with homelessness issues. And they are educated mentally, needing mental uh, health uh, services. So, but many drug addicted people don't want to go to rehab. They're resistant to the notion. So if that's the case, then there's a law enforcement component that says you need to go to that or you're going to be incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Now, for those people who are able-bodied and have legitimately fallen on hard times, and and those who are uh, able-bodied and don't want to work, well, they're going to be housed and put into a workforce that is designed, um, as was done at the early days of the Depression, to do our forestry maintenance, to beautify open spaces throughout the state. And they would be housed and employed. Now, if you don't want to work there, you're going to be cited for vagrancy, but you're not going to be allowed to negatively impact the public spaces. Nobody in this equation says anything about those people who have property and they've done everything right to have property or businesses where these uh, homeless people are residing. So it's a synergistic approach that also there's no drug drug rehab program that doesn't involve a structure and some rules and right. some delivery accountability accountability which is the same kind of accountability we need to be applying to our public servants in Sacramento yeah. by the same token we need to apply accountability to our major corporations because they're it's appalling that major corporations like Amazon don't pay any taxes where the rest of us are awash with taxes. So I, frankly, I think 
we should have a moratorium on taxation until we have an audit of the state Mm. and a a, a line item veto to eliminate anything that's increased because we'd like to know where the money has gone here in LA. There are um, last I checked $110 million in parking meters Mm. and parking fines. Where did that money go? So the state needs to be audited all down the line. I suspect that there's a huge amount of corruption taking place. And that's why I've said that the state police need to be spending a a great deal of their time in rooting out corruption in our state, which, by the way, we think of a state like Mexico as corrupt. I believe in California, what we have is just a different, more sophisticated patina on it. And it's done in a manner that needs to be investigated and gone with. Again, it's really about the people being served, the people running the government, and the vision being applied to those services. So here's the other thing. Yeah. I'm stunned how I'm stunned how many of the candidates have taken a, a long time to try to put together a comprehensive uh, program. All of these issues are related. Why don't yeah. we have desalination plants working when we're cutting off the water to yes. farmers and, and virtually um, stealing the water from other locations in other states? Um, We all are going to need water. I I just drank some water during this interview. Life can't be sustained with that. Why do we not have desalination plants that are, uh, by the way, humorously, you could say the sea level is rising because of global warming. Well, we should be draining some of that off, uh, you know, to serve all of our needs. Uh, The droughts are going to continue. So these things are related. Why are we not on solar power when 70 years ago? That was my next ago, thing to bring up. Yeah. Go on. Why are we not using wind power? Wind why power. are we not using atomic power and having Elon Musk in his space program send the waste deep into space where it's immediately dissipated? And um, you know, can I jump in, Patrick? Because this fits in. You, you, I know on your platform as well, you would offer a 70% tax incentive to renovate vintage buildings. And I was thinking as well to incorporate solar. There is so much sun in California. And I think every building should have solar. It's, it's just such a wonderful energy source. At my home in New Orleans, I have sure. solar panels. And, and I know that's a focus too, important to you. Well, I had an Airstream, solar powered Airstream, 35 years ago. I never had a brownout. It cost me $1,200 to put two solar panels on it. And the thing uh, worked brilliantly. Um, You're absolutely right. And thank you for doing the research on that. There's no reason why these things haven't been applied, except that there are lack of vision, complacency. I think the government is in league with PG&E which incidentally should be held accountable for the campfire where 84 people died. Um, Instead, we have a governor who ran flack for them so that liability couldn't be applied to the power company. Uh, People have electric cars, 
but electric cars are an interim step. People need to be looking at hydrogen cars and that infrastructure. And we need to apply some vision across the board for our energy needs. I think it's going to get, I'm ever hopeful. And I think this race is indicative about people, the balance of the universe attending it. But if we don't do some things, things can only go down here. Why do our children not have music, sports, and arts programs? Well, the reason they don't that I can identify is because the money is being held up at the county level for administrative salaries and pension. Yeah. So a certain oligarchy is being served, but our children, which should be the tip of the spear of all our activity, uh, including the Department of Family uh, and children and family services. The whole thing is yeah. a great monolith that is not uh, under laws of any kind of transparency. I know you need to protect the privacy of children, but you need to have a system where journalists can actually take a look at the system, but they're not even allowed to do that. Um, so there's a lot to unpack. The good, the good news is everybody needs to get engaged. And everybody, I can tell you, people go, well, God, Patrick, how could you possibly run for governor? That's a challenging thing. Well, guess what? A lot of good people have gotten involved in this race. A lot of good people. And I'm convinced many of them could be better governors than what is currently in place. And I'm a Democrat. I think the Democrat Party needs to function for the people of the people and by the people. And our solutions come from across the aisle. Um, there are good yeah. Republican ideas. There are good Democratic ideas. Why do we have to have this gang warfare yeah. that doesn't get anything done? People want authentic people to get things done. With you know, some, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your sentence and then I'll, I'll say. They want authentic people to get things done with some insight and some vision and some leadership and an eye to what's coming at us uh, from a lot of different directions and what is already here. Um, There's no doubt that we have a shortage of water and it's going to come whether you believe in climate change or whether you don't. We should be good stewards of our environment. Yeah. It's really immaterial whether climate change is actually happening. We as a people, and that takes everybody. uh, The reason films left and a lot of businesses left is not just because the government didn't provide a competitive environment. It's because there's massive amounts of regulation. It's because the cost of housing is huge, the cost of taxation, the high cost of specialized union work. So everybody, we empathy for all and elevation. Everybody's got a point of view, but we need to roll up our sleeves and get this done. You know, Patrick, I was reminded when you came across my desk to come on again that when we had spoken several years ago that you were involved in politics. You were writing solution papers. So politics has been something, government has been something important to you. Did you ever foresee that you would run for governor? Was that kind of on the radar even years ago? Because I know there's been something near and dear to you. I didn't. I've always been interested in statecraft and geopolitics and uh, 
local issues, having lived in Venice, and I saw the proliferation of homelessness and then living in Larchmont and having traveled widely. I was always interested in in that. Um, The bottom line is I... I, at one point, I was thinking for running of the mayor uh, of the city of Los Angeles. And then this race came up and I thought, okay, that's something that we should take a look at. Yeah. At, at minimum, we could uh, participate in the arena of ideas and we could, you know, in the film business, there are a lot of films that I can actually can trace to my original screenplays. I call Hollywood the culture of theft. And you you have to be, uh, you have to be, say, delicate and strategic about your intellectual property mm-hmm. on the planet Earth, whether it's Beverly Hills or China, or we do film initiatives with Africa and things like that. Yeah. The truth is creative ideas are endlessly uh, available to all of us. And so we need to all, I think you need, there's a great movie. Did you ever see a movie called Mephisto? Oh my gosh. No, but no, but I know it. It's a great movie. Another great one that people might've known was Serpico. And the truth is we live in a culture where an individual person can have a tremendous effect if they step out into the arena. Mephisto is about a man who is a great artist, a dramatist, in, as the Third Reich is coming to power. And he all he wants to do is get his projects done, his great Shakespearean works, and the Nazi party funds his projects. And the great cautionary tale at the end of it is, as artists, creators, workers, doctors, people... We can't operate just in a void. You can choose to it. But if the world is collapsing around you, which it was for the character in Mephisto, then you're going to end up on the wrong side of the stick. Um, and if we don't as a people, and really think of it, what happens in, happens in California is exported all over America and the world. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is global. Yes. All of us are global. Yeah. Um, we need to do our part to beautify our, our states. It's interesting. Um, in our African film initiatives, we'll run into people. We can bring a film school. We're having a little glitchy issue if you're listening versus watching with Patrick's live stream. If you're just joining, hello. It looks like he dropped. I am with Patrick Kilpatrick running for governor of California. The vote is September 14th, just in a few days. And I don't know that there's a way we can get him back. Let me just send a quick, quick chat to the studio. Bear with me, y'all. Oh, cool. 
Okay, we're waiting for Patrick to log back in. If one of the things podcasting has taught me is spontaneity and just rolling with whatever happens, we are dependent upon technology and sometimes technology glitches like just now. But I feel like you get a sense of Patrick's platform in case he doesn't come back on. He is running as a Democrat for governor, things important to him. Three key messages he has for his campaign are lowering taxes to place money in the hands of Californians, eliminating homelessness, a 70% tax incentive to renovate vintage buildings to make some more housing and to make it more affordable. He's pro-business, especially including the film industry, 25% cash incentives. Patrick, I'm actually going over your platform while we're trying to get you back on. So, okay. How would you like to conclude this with listeners? I was going through your main point so people can just have a sense of who you are if they're on the fence about September 14th. Well, um, you were doing a fine job in my absence. I want to let your audience (laughs) know it wasn't a conspiracy theory. They weren't trying to shut me down. It was that I noticed the power surge had been uh, unplugged uh, or turned off. I was talking just for a moment about an African initiative. And we'll say we can bring a film school there with Spielberg-level people because I've worked with them and Antoine Fuqua and James Cameron, bring them for a fraction of their their salaries because they want to give back. Yeah. And we can educate vast swaths of your population and we can produce films there that will be globally significant and make money for everybody and stuff. And yet you'll run into leaders that are more concerned about being able to buy 10 Bugattis Mm. or to buy a yacht to go to have the biggest yacht. Okay, y'all. It was another drop. Let's give him a few moments to see if Patrick can get back on to finish the last few minutes of our show. Again, I'm going to direct you to nolatherapy.com, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. It's underneath my picture if you're watching live on uh, wherever you're watching live. If not, I'd love, I'm taking new clients. If you're motivated, if you're inspired to really make a change in your life, being accountable and responsible for yourself. And I'm, I'm your person. I'm your therapist. I'm your healing practitioner. It's my favorite thing to do is work with people in that transformative type way. And on social media at NOLA Therapy. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform it is that you listen on. CastBox, iHeartRadio. There's so many now, which is awesome. And um, I have a Patreon campaign for crowdfunding. And I offer you things like my signed book, an opportunity to come on the show. That is at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. You can, you can select a tier level from $1 to $100 a month in support. And, um, and I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna call it. I'm not sure that Patrick's coming back. His power source was having an issue. So Patrick Kilpatrick for California governor, his website to learn more is killpatrickforgovernor.com. You can follow him on social media at Patrick Kilpatrick 
On Twitter, I'm Pat Kilpatrick, and on Facebook, at Patrick Kilpatrick. All my love to you, and I'll be with you next week. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.